Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And this is week four in our This is the New Testament series, and we are welcoming our friend Jessica Thompson to the podcast. Jess is an author. She's written lots of books. She's the co-author of a book called Give Them Grace. She's actually working on a devotional that will release next year on the Fruit of the Spirit. Look forward to that. She's a conference speaker, lots of things. She's an aspiring singer. That part's not (laughs) actually true, but you'll see what I mean here shortly. This was such a good conversation. You guys, we can get excited about scripture. There's so much goodness there, so much beauty, so much truth. And Jess was a great friend to just partner with and talk about these books of the Bible this week and find those things in scripture. So without further ado, let's get started. Jess, welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast. Oh, thanks. I mean, it is long overdue. We're so happy that you're here, though. This is going to be a good episode for you to be the guest on. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to be with you guys. Thanks for inviting me. It's going to be fun. And I will tell you that, so Rachel and I are both in our kind of first year and a half of parenting teenagers. And I know that you do a lot of writing and speaking and stuff on parenting. So I gave myself a pep talk last night that I can't make this about that. Like this is not an episode about parenting, although (laughs) I haven't talked to you face to face in a long time. And I would really like to ask you some questions. Really use a little (laughs) counsel. I could use I some would like counsel. to ask you guys some questions, and I could use some counsel. All right. All right. Well, okay. Well, that'll just be part two. Yeah. Part two. Um, but we're so glad that you're here. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be with you guys for real. Yeah. yeah. And you're here for Peach Crumble Week, which for those who have a study book know that this week our recipe is the Peach Crumble, which I'm so excited about. And listen, you show me a recipe in a mason jar with yeah. some ice yeah. cream. Mm-hmm. I I'll feel like everybody listening who doesn't have a study book is like, what? <laughs> we have I recipes. We went to Trader Joe's. They have a peach Please let it be ice cream. ice cream. Yes. And I just tasted it for, the, I bought it earlier in the week and then I tasted it for the first time last night. Yeah. It is the Lord's favor resting upon us. Oh. It is so good. There's like chunks of crumble in it. Trader Joe's. Like peach, peach puree. Swipe up to buy your swipe up ice cream. Swipe up for your ice cream for well, listen. I would swipe up for some ice cream right now. So I, good, you guys. The, the recipes in this New Testament book have just like blessed my heart. The mini pizza popovers last week. I mean, just I love food and the Bible, yeah. and so the combination yeah. of the two it's beautiful feels, feels just right. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. All right, so here's what we're doing. We are in our This is the New Testament series. This is week four of five, so we're getting toward the end of the New Testament. And if this is your first week joining us, guys, there are so many good episodes that precede this one that I also suspect is going to be great, Um, but we are just kind of doing a survey, a flyover of all of the books, really of the Bible, because we did this as the Old Testament before this is the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And so for the last several weeks, we have just been walking book by book through the Bible and reading just kind of a key thematic passage and a key verse. You'll hear us reference the key verse. All of this is in the study book. It's a really great resource. We have the digital version still available. Swipe up. (laughs) I know, we'll put it in the show notes. But... Mm. So what we're going to do today is we're going to pick back up. We're in the Pauline epistles, letters written by Paul to the early church. These are just. But if you, you say know, Pauline brand epistles, new. you sound like just well, then like you that sound, next level. Yeah, which is always important. Honestly, I'm all about <laughs> using big words just so people think that I know a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. really Mark I don't Twain understand. Would not be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Right. Like, I don't here. understand half the stuff I say, but if you think I'm smart, that's really all that matters. That's right. <laughs> so this lay that calling down on That's us. right. Yes. That's right. Epistles. <laughs> Letters? No, no, no. Epistles. Epistles. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. So we are going to do a few Pauline epistles and a couple general epistles, which are just letters. They're also letters, which is an epistle, but not written by Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. because Paul wrote a lot, so he gets his own genre. Yeah. Because yeah. he wrote so many, mm-hmm. so many letters. Congrats, um, Paul. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start. We did First Timothy last week and had kind of a cliffhanger because we start with Second Timothy yeah. today. Yeah. And we're going to go through, where do we end today? We're going to go through James. So we're going Second Timothy through James. 
And I feel so happy that you're our guest for this. Talk to us, like, as you prepped for this episode, what were you the most excited to talk about? I mean, listen, this is the Jesus juke of all time, but all of the Bible, right? And I can I just (laughs) say this too? I love that you guys are doing a survey of the Old Testament and the New Testament, because I think we have a tendency to say, oh, I like, you know, the book of Galatians, or I like the book of Romans, or I like whatever. And we don't see this beautiful, which you guys are great at doing. She Reads Truth is great at doing this beautiful thread of redemption that just starts at Genesis and stretches all the way through the Bible to Revelation. So I love that you guys are doing the survey of the Old Testament, survey of the New Testament, just drawing readers in to show them there's this thread of redemption, this beautiful story that it comes out in different ways and in different forms all through the Bible. So I'm going to say all the Bible, but then I'm also going to say I really love, I love the verse in Titus that you guys picked out, which I think is day two for this study. Um, But really every single one of these key verses, like they are, they are ones that we could be memorizing and hiding in our hearts so that we remember them at times that we need them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that, Jess, about just the importance of really understanding the whole of scripture, what that whole story is, how the individual books fit together. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. at dinner the other night with Ryan, my husband, and Mm -hmm. our son, Oliver, who's 14. And just the conversation turned to scripture. And like, Mm -hmm. maybe that comes as no surprise to anyone, but also Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't, we don't always talk about scripture in our house. Sure Um, you don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we were just talking about the trustworthiness of God's word and whether we believe, like, do we believe? that this mm-hmm. that all of this really happened and mm-hmm. i was just sharing with them how transformative this particular study has been for me as an mm-hmm. individual human like to start you know at this point 11 weeks ago in genesis and to do the work of going through every book, book by book, and asking what's happening here and how does this relate to the whole of Scripture? What's happening? Why does this matter in the story Mm -hmm. of redemption? It has Mm -hmm. been absolutely transformative for me. And for me to, you know, at that dinner conversation to be like, no, I believe now more than ever. Like I'm doubling down Mm -hmm. on the reliability of Scripture, on the truth and like the faithful and trueness (laughs) of it, that it really happened and that it's for me that this story is not just a story. Right. And it all does go so beautifully together. And I think we we tend to forget about even these little stories that are all throughout the Old Testament and some stuff in the New Testament. But I think really in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. we tend to forget about these little stories that just are beautiful reminders of God's love for His broken people. Yeah, And those little stories, as we're taking this sort of survey, as we're looking across this whole span, remind us again that it all goes together and that God's Word, like you're saying, God's Word is full of truth and goodness and beauty, and it excites our hearts. It's this verse that for Second Timothy, right? Yeah. It's all of Scripture is inspired by God. All of it's profitable. And so I think sometimes we think, oh, that's like Old Testament or that's hard to understand. But as you dig in and as you read stuff, I mean, your work is to read and God's Holy Spirit's work isn't to enliven your heart yeah. and open your eyes. So even though we might be overwhelmed by some of the old stories, we're just talking about the Old Testament, sorry, but even in the New Testament, totally. the whole of Scripture even as we're reading some of these stories that might seem intimidating or hard to understand or words that are intimidating or hard to understand, um, as you pray for the Holy Spirit to work in your life, He is faithful to do it, right? Like that's His job. He's Jesus' PR man. So He is going to, (laughs) as you're reading the scriptures, He is going to enliven your heart to the beauty of who Christ was and even how we see Him in the Old Testament and also in the New. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's been so helpful to watch the God of the Old Testament in a continuous read to yeah. be God incarnate and to see the Holy Spirit come, knowing that all the while, all three parts of the Trinity are present throughout all of Scripture. Right. But to ask the questions like, how do I reconcile Jesus in the Gospels with the God of the Old Testament and the yeah. Holy Spirit in the early church? And to actually ask those questions and find answers to them mm-hmm. and to, to see that thread and to go, this is the God who is in charge in the Old Testament. Yeah. And Jesus is the God who's in charge mm-hmm. in the Gospels. And the Holy Spirit is in charge in the early church. Mm-hmm. All the while, you know, the Trinity is at work and yeah, fully right. present. 
Now, it's actually very important that we read the full story and the, mm-hmm. have the full context because that is what gives us understanding. That's right. Yeah. You know, that it's so important not to just pick a tiny part of the Bible that yeah. this is what I'm comfortable with and this is what I have. It's mm-hmm. not that, you know, the Holy Spirit can use the tiniest verse yep. to open our hearts and our eyes. Yeah. But also these books are in the Bible for a reason yeah. and these stories. And so we want to know why we want to know how they fit together. Yeah. And I mean, I hope this pep talk is helpful to those listening because it yeah. really does. It just gets better with time. Yeah, You know, it it's does. like, it's like anything else that you enjoy in life that the more you invest, then like, there's just more return and yes. it's so beautiful and just rich. Yes. Jess, I love that you pointed out the key verse for a second, mm-hmm. Timothy. It feels beautifully relevant to this conversation mm-hmm. when it's talking about all scripture. I want to read it. Well, let's read it first and then we'll talk okay. about it. Will you read that for us, the key verse? Yeah. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I think that this verse alone has served the purpose that this verse talks about, which is Mm -hmm. this teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And it's funny I think we all have, myself included, we all have a tendency to go to Scripture for encouragement, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is an appropriate Which thing to do. Which is really, mm-hmm. yeah. that's Scripture, is, that's one of the best purposes of Scripture, yes. right? To give yes. us hope for... Best places to go. Best, mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. The best places to go for encouragement. But what this verse is saying is, hey, go here for teaching. Go here, not just for teaching, but for rebuke, for correction. I think that you know, a couple of years ago, I started, you know, as I approached scripture, praying that, Lord, would you correct me? Would you train me? Would you use Mm -hmm. my time this morning to rebuke me if there's, I think that Mm -hmm. if we are women in the word of God every day, and we don't experience rebuke or correction Mm -hmm. or training, Mm -hmm. um, when we're reading scripture, then it's possible that we're not reading the whole book. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's Anne Lamont. I'm not positive about who said this, but I think the quote is something along the lines of, if your God never offends you, then you've made God in your own image. Yeah, so if yeah. we're reading a book that never mm-hmm. rebukes us, then we're only reading a book that we've basically written, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if you're only picking out the parts instead of the whole of Scripture, if you're only picking out the parts that you know make you feel comfortable, which the Bible does, it brings great comfort. But it also makes you feel very uncomfortable (laughs) at points. And that's a good thing. That's a growing thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think we have to be aware of all of Scripture and take the rebukes with the comfort. It all goes beautifully together and shows us a fuller picture of who God is. Yes, yes, it does. And this, so 2 Timothy, we've already established that it's a Pauline epistle, but it's also a pastoral epistle along mm-hmm. with 1 Timothy. So First and 2 Timothy and Titus are pastoral epistles, which just means that Paul wrote these letters to individuals, to Timothy and Titus, but they're useful for the whole church, but they were written to specific men who were left in charge of churches by Paul. So he is offering them guidance. In this, those key verses that you just read, Jess, they come in the context of Paul saying to Timothy, listen, you know what my life was like, how the, the persecutions mm-hmm. that I endured for the mm-hmm. sake of the gospel, you're going to face that too. I mean, there's this verse 13, evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. Mm-hmm. But as for you, continue mm-hmm. in what you have learned and mm-hmm. firmly believed. And so it's this like calling us back to scripture. So scripture is useful for all of these things, but it's mm-hmm. also essential to everything yeah, for right. the Christian right? Like it's essential to the Christian life. So he's saying to them, like, you cannot, and we're going to hear this refrain through the next few books, like you've got to return to scripture and teach scripture. That's why there's so much in so many of Paul's letters, he is, you know, refuting a false gospel and reminding Mm -hmm. them of the true gospel or Mm -hmm. further clarifying the true gospel, because Mm -hmm. this, it's so easy to pervert Yes. Truth. 
into something that isn't true. Alarmingly easy. We're really really good at it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just saying, oh, the world's going to try to tell you all this. Yes. And I'm going to twist it myself. I mean, we see that in the garden. Like the devil is, he's here to just confuse. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not because, isn't it really because of this? Mm -hmm. And so we do that in our minds all the time. I do that all the time. And so we've got to be tethered to scripture. And this letter really, like it talks about endurance, but right alongside that is teach the scripture. And to teach Mm -hmm. it, you got to know it, right? Like you've got to know it. Guard that mm-hmm. good heritage That's entrusted right. to you. You know, you mentioned, uh, Amanda, that Second Timothy is a pastoral epistle. Second Timothy is, and has been for a long time, just had a really special place in my heart and in just my faith walk. And I think that especially in the, you know, some of the earlier years, as She Reads Truth was growing, it was mm-hmm. just, you know, Second Timothy was a place that I found myself returning to often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said it was a pastoral epistle. I mean, you know, I love like a timeline moment with Rachel. So let's at, have one. So here, here's what we need <laughs> to know about Second Timothy. It is on the timeline. Second Timothy was written between 80, 67 and 68. And we also know that Paul was martyred between 67 and 68 AD. And so this is the final letter from Paul in the New Testament canon. And not only that, but chapter four is his final chapter. I know that the letter Mm -hmm. wasn't divided into chapters and verses, but these are the last words from Paul before he gives his life for the gospel that he's been Mm -hmm. preaching for decades. Mm -hmm. And so this letter to Timothy is just like, before I die, (laughs) not Mm -hmm. that he, he he probably didn't know that he was going to die, but he also was not, not living like the cushy life. Like he knew that he was in danger of dying for the gospel. And he's, these are his parting words. Can I read them? It's just, yes. It is just my favorite. Read them. Let's do Mm -hmm. um, verses one through eight. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. For sure. So Paul says to Timothy in his last chapter of his last book I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and they will turn aside into myths. But as for you, Exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all of those who have loved his appearing. Yeah. What an exclamation point, right? To his ministry. Yeah. Yes. And even just, look, I believe what I've said to you. I believe that God's plan, the scriptures, what he's done for us, I believe that God's plan is always the right way and it doesn't change. Yeah. It's just, oh, that fired me up a little bit. Yeah, it does. This morning. It? It, even like the fact that good. he like he believes what he's taught so with such confidence that he's saying, yeah. There is stored up for me a crown. Like yeah. I don't doubt it. I don't even like lowercase H hope it. I yeah. know it. It is yeah, there because good. I know what I believe with yeah. this much conviction. So good. Gives us so much hope to hold on. When yeah. we're in difficult circumstances. And as we, you know, that earlier section of that reading, you know, for him to say, there will come a time when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according mm-hmm. to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. Some translations mm-hmm. say, well, they want to satisfy their itching ears. Mm-hmm. And I think that every year when I read this, and I read it more than once a year, I think this is for now. And I think it has been for now since mm-hmm. AD 67. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Because it's what we just said. That's what we do is we mm-hmm. take, you know, unintentionally. This is our flesh, like, right? Like yeah, our right. sinful nature is we just are going to take this and we're going to twist it or we're going to misrepresent it or whatever. And mm-hmm. we've got to, we have to have our anchor mm-hmm. in scripture or we're just mm-hmm. going to float about. 
and mm-hmm. just be tossed by our feelings, our circumstances, our culture, mm-hmm. whatever. Because we have, every one of us has an itch to hear what we want to hear. I mean, yeah, I right. really do. And same, same. <laughs> and I don't think that that's just like, I think a lot of times when we hear that, we think, oh, that means you're going to be more worldly. That means you're going to just indulge the flesh. But I think the church is particularly good at being hardwired legalist, where what we do is think we're going to rely on our own goodness to make us acceptable before God. That's right. And that's a that's lie right. we believe as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just, oh, I'm going to go live however I want. It's also, it's the same coin, right? Two different sides of the same coin, not Absolutely. just however I'm going to live however I want, but it's also, I'm going to prove my goodness to God. By and the way I live. Those, yeah. Right. And both of those are garbage. Both yes, of those that's right. need to be confronted daily yeah. in our own lives. Like if I get to the end of the day and I think, I nailed it today. Look at me go. God, <laughs> you're so lucky, right? If I get to the end of my day and think that, then I am doing the exact same thing as someone who goes out and lives however they want because yes. either way, my eyes are off Christ and on that's myself. Right. That's right. God, you're so Amen. lucky is the song that we should not sing, but it was really <laughs> a joy to hear that. Did you guys Did you guys like that? I did. I don't. It might surprise you to know that I do not lead worship at my church. No, that's going to be our (laughs) soundbite for Instagram. It's just just Thompson. God, you're so lucky. That's so good. I I know that we need to move on past Second Timothy, but what you're saying is exactly right. That there are two sides to the same coin. That sometimes it's like I'll live however I want because I'll find some way to justify it, even some way to scripturally justify it. Oh yeah. But also we're super good at that. We're super good at that. But we're also good at, like you said, like you know, justifying ourselves by the way we live. Not just justifying our lifestyle. And neither of those is correct. There's this quote by Charles Spurgeon that I think of when I read this passage, where he says that discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing Mm -hmm. the difference between right and almost right. And and that's where that nuance is, where we need the Holy Spirit when we go to Scripture to teach us, to rebuke Mm -hmm. us, to correct Mm -hmm. us, to train us. And also to find encouragement. But all of this is profitable. All mm-hmm. of scripture. And that's where we need the Holy Spirit. We cannot discern on our own the difference right. between right and almost right. Mm-hmm. We can't. We mm-hmm. rely on the Lord to be our guide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I don't want anyone to hear when I say like that Paul is telling us to, you know, return to scripture and cling to scripture. What I don't want anyone to hear is to be legalistic about scripture either, right? right. <laughs> you know, because we know that what is foremost is our relationship with Jesus. That's right. Our mm-hmm. posture of worship before Jesus and our surrender to the Lordship of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so if we are returning to scripture, and like you said, we are relying on the Holy Spirit, we have the mm-hmm. appropriate posture before the Lord, like all of that is a part of it and yeah. a part mm-hmm. of, and this is why it's called the Christian life. Like it is yeah. a life. It is yeah. a lifelong mm-hmm. pursuit, not just of God's word, but of God, right? Yeah. Like it's a yeah. lifelong pursuit of him. And mm-hmm. his word is what he's given us right. mm-hmm. to know him. Paul didn't have yeah. a he reads truth Bible. Like he wasn't <gasps> like, this is what? the this is what the, <laughs> like this is ultimate. Like the right. Bible is ultimate. He didn't have the New Testament canon. He right. was writing the New Testament canon. Right. So mm-hmm. and everything he was writing was that my goal is Christ. My goal isn't knowing your Bible. Knowing Mm -hmm. your Bible is a means to know Christ. And and so it's good to remember that he wasn't he wasn't ultimately saying scripture is the ultimate thing. No, 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 no. This is the thing that clarifies and rules and guides us toward the goal. Right. Right. It's so good. And just even, so yes, we want to pursue God and we want to pursue reading the Bible. But as we're doing that, what we're seeing is God's pursuing us. That's right. That's the story. God's pursuing us. So as we sit in the scripture and we read it and we read this beautiful story, what we're seeing is this God um, with his never stopping, like Sally Lo Jones, right? Never stopping, never giving up, always and forever. This one way love coming right at us. That's the story of scripture. Yeah, yep, that's that right. Is, it is. And we move to Paul's letter to Titus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
this is another man who is has labored with Paul, who has traveled with Paul. You know, they're close. And so that's a good thing for us to remember, especially with these pastoral epistles with First and Second Timothy and Titus, is that these aren't just letters coming out of the blue. These are written in the context of a relationship. Like right. Paul and Timothy had a, a close bond and relationship. Mm-hmm. Paul and Titus knew each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, especially in Titus, as we're going to, and we'll talk about this, it gives a lot of, a lot of instruction instruction and things that to our modern day ears will be like, wait, what? But there are things that are presented in the context of relationship, like these men knew each other. These are not topics that they're discussing for the first time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they're in the context of, you know, the culture and society in which they lived. And we're growing these, you know, brand new churches, these brand new Mm -hmm. communities of faith. And so this letter, it's a small letter, but it is packed. And it has, Mm -hmm. we'll hear more of like the warning against false teaching. A lot Mm -hmm. of this kind of theme of like this legacy of faith, like passing it down and equipping Mm -hmm. the people who come after us to continue to teach the gospel. Jess, could you, would you read from Titus 3, maybe 1 through 7 for us? Yes. Our key verse is in there. It's verse 5. Yes, Titus 3. Remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind always showing gentleness to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, Mm -hmm. living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out His Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Whew, that'll preach. Honestly, by itself. You just read that. that is, And that's what we've been talking about, right? Like, yeah. Okay, let me, I'm going to ask you guys, I don't know if you've heard of this, and this might be like a science nerdy thing, and I'm not typically a science nerdy thing person, um, which might surprise <laughs> I'm so excited. you. I'm, I'm typically like a singer, which you guys heard earlier, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not. God, you're so have lucky. You heard, <laughs> have you heard of a fractal pattern? Have you heard of this word? Wait, I've heard the word, but I don't know what okay. that is. I haven't is. even heard okay. it. So you have okay. two levels of people here. Okay, so fractal pattern is it's all around you in nature. So when you go outside today and you see a tree, you're going to see a fractal pattern. And Wait, what is that this is, Elsa where she says frozen fractals all around? Oh, yes. So a snowflake is a fractal as well. Okay. Drawing connections so, with Disney. <laughs> well done. So what it is, is it's a repeating pattern. You're going to see a repeating pattern over and over again. Okay. So when you go outside and you see a tree and you see the trunk goes up, And then what does the trunk go out to? Little trunks. And then what do those little trunks go out to? Little trunks, like these branches, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. And even if you you look at the leaves, in the leaves there's little lines going Mm -hmm. out like the tree and its branches. So this fractal pattern that goes over and over again. Same thing with a snowflake. Lightning is a fractal pattern. Um, It's just this repeating of a thing that gets starts out big and gets smaller and smaller and smaller. If you look at a succulent fractal pattern, okay? So you guys see how it gets different types of succulents. Love it, yes. Okay. Okay, so Science Corner with Jess Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, homeschool mom right here. Yeah. That dies hard in me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I only did it for a few years, so don't judge me. No, I'm just joking. So as a fractal pattern, (laughs) it's this repeated pattern over and over again. We have a fractal pattern all throughout the Bible. Yeah. And these verses are that fractal pattern. Hmm. You're messed up. <laughs> yes. Right. You're enslaved to all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. But the kindness of our God and our Savior and His love for mankind mm-hmm. appeared and That's He right. saved us. Not because of anything you've done, which is what we were just what talking about. we were just about. talking about, yeah. Right. That legalism, that I'm going to prove myself to God. Not because of anything you've done, but because of His mercy, because of what He's done. 
you've been justified by grace. And that word justified means two things, right? Just as if I'd never sinned Mm -hmm. and just as if I'd always obeyed, we're hidden in the righteousness of Christ. And so this fractal pattern in these verses that we just read is repeated throughout the whole Bible if you just see it, if you just open, the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to see it. And we'll see it through the rest of our readings even this week. And so I would, like, if you're listening to this and you are like, fractal pattern. Every time you go outside, you can be reminded of this truth in the Bible. Yeah. You're going to see fractal patterns everywhere. Someone told me this a couple of years ago. We talked about a fractal pattern. I don't even remember how I heard it. I was probably doing something very smart at the time. I'm yes, sure of that. For sure. <laughs> and from that point on, you will see this fractal pattern everywhere. The closer you get to something and the more intently you look at it, you're going to see it all throughout nature. Same thing with the word. The closer you look at the word, the more intimate you get with it, you're going to see this pattern. We were created to be a certain way, and God made shalom, this perfect place, the garden where everything was just right. Then there was the fall, and everything fell apart. And then Jesus came, the kindness of our God and Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, and He saved us redemption, and one day restoration. One day everything will be made right. So that fractal pattern is all through the Bible and specifically in these beautiful verses that, like you said, they will preach on their own. It comes and it all ties up with this. We may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. We're justified and one day all will be made right. Uh, No tears, no crying, no sickness. Um, We will be with him. We will be loved completely. And we will learn to love completely without any sin in the way. And so, yeah, I just, I want to encourage everybody to look for fractal patterns outside and be reminded of this beautiful story that we're seeing here in just these few verses in Titus. Yep. I mean, we're just over here like air high-fiving you and dancing. I just like (laughs) closed my eyes and like, she's just going to preach over me for a minute. And I'm going to let her because that's so good. Hey friends, I want to tell you a little bit about one of our podcast sponsors, Samaritan's Purse. But first, I want to tell you about Deo. Deo is a little three-and-a-half-year-old boy from Uganda, and he just had life-saving heart surgery here in the United States, and it was all made possible by Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan's Purse is an international relief organization. They help hurting people around the world in their times of crisis, and they do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. For over 50 years, Samaritan's Purse has been helping victims of poverty, war, famine, persecution, and natural disasters here in the U.S. and around the world. They provide medical care, clean water, children's heart surgeries, which if you know me, you know how I feel about that, and other life-changing aid. They show the love of Christ while sharing the gospel and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. Go to SamaritansPurse.org slash truth to find out what you can do to be involved with this ministry. You're going to find some beautiful testimonies there of what God is doing and opportunities for you to be involved. Again, that's SamaritansPurse.org slash truth to learn more. That's SamaritansPurse.org slash T-R-U-T-H. Okay. I want to know, Jess, because yeah. Titus also, Man, so it has, it's so, so good. And that's <laughs> such good grounding yeah. stuff, right? Grounding truth. And yeah. so in Titus, Paul also gets really specific. And it's yeah. not actually in today's reading, but there, mm-hmm. and you have your Shewards Truth Bible in front of, of you. Of course I do. Probably I always do. Find it. But there are, like, there's a passage where he specifically addresses women and, like, godly behavior yeah. and how to mentor, a call to, like, yes. mentor younger women. And yes. then he also has a word for the men. And, yes. and so these are the things. Here's what I want. Will you help? Connect the dots here Mm -hmm. between these specific instructions that, as we just testified to a few minutes Mm -hmm. ago, we're really good at taking these out of context and twisting them to or not quite grasping them. And so we can, I mean, the church 
is guilty of misusing some passages, mm-hmm. like right every and Sunday, like, right? And we <laughs> yeah. struggle, and just like yeah. on a human level, like we struggle yeah. to really know because we need discernment, we need the Holy Spirit, all the things we've yes. already said. But it's actually it's not detached from this pattern that you're just talking about, right? Right. So help us understand how this is actually encouraging and encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about, it's crazy, ladies, and you'll get there someday, but thinking about this in the same way, this is Titus 2, 3, you will become an older woman in your church, and it happens, and I'm there. Um, I'm so excited. (laughs) You're going to be great. Oh, I can't wait. Amanda's like, I won't be, but you'll be great. Um, in the same way, older women, and I don't necessarily think that's just talking about like age older. I think, I think agreed. you know, spiritually, yeah, yes, right. Mm-hmm. Spiritually older. Or even women, like um, if you're 30, you're older than somebody. Exactly. There's someone coming behind you. Yeah, that's right. So it's this constant looking back to people or pulling people who are behind you. And that I hate that word who are, and I don't want to use in a different season because that's so Christianese too, who are not <laughs> as far down the road as you are, taking them by the hand. Yeah. I think these verses are this picture, taking those people, those women who are behind you on that road and holding their hand and saying, honey, I promise you scripture's true. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you that he is going to redeem us. I promise you that your works aren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. I promise you that you don't have to bend scripture to have a good life. The good life, the flourishing life is what scripture and obedience is about. And so you're taking these women by the hand and you're just like, let's go together. That's what I think this picture is. I think a lot of people have taken this picture and twisted it to be like, I'm going to disciple you, quotation marks, and you should do everything I tell you to do with your family. You should do it exactly the same way I do. Um, So if I have a meal planning night, you should have a meal planning night. If I do all my laundry on a certain day, you should do it on that day as well. You know, getting into how I think sometimes we take this older women, teach the younger women. Those things are all great and they're practical and we need help from women in that way. Yes, but I do. <laughs> I, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's necessarily the point of this. I think that the point of this is looking back to younger women and saying to them, our God is faithful. The mm-hmm. scripture's Amen. true. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, I promise you that if you submit to him and remember that he's pursuing you, Mm -hmm. you will find comfort. You will find hope. You will be able to make it through this because of who God is, not because of who you are. And so when we say, it says in the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drink, that are to teach what's good, they're to encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. And then this little list that comes after to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. All those things are just ways to walk out the good life. They're just ways to flourish in your vocation and what God's called you to do. But let me say this. This does center on women who are married and have kids. And the church has done a real disservice to women who are not married and who do not have kids. And I want to say to all those women who are listening right now, you are not second class. You're not less than. Those things don't make you a better Christian. They don't make you a better woman. God has called us all to different things. So while these verses may center on that, God's message to women is never, you become the ultimate woman when you're married and have kids. That's never his message. His message to us is you become the ultimate human, the ultimate Christian, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy through the washing and regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Mm. So to those women, I want you to hear that specifically this morning, that because these verses center on that, that doesn't mean you who are older and may not have a family or a husband, that doesn't mean that you can't reach back to those younger women and That's pull right. them along. That's yeah. right. You're not disqualified. Matter of fact, we need you so much. So much. So um, much. <laughs> yeah, because you offer a different perspective than anything that we can bring. So, yeah, I think... That's how it applies. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's how it works. Man, I I have I've seen this not just in scripture, but in my life in every season. It has been beautiful to see, you know, in in college, you know, it was somebody who's 10 years older than me. Not even, you know. And then in other seasons with as a young mom, it was a woman who could have been my mom, you know, just, you know, 25 years older than me. And 
all along the way, it's what you're saying, Jess, where these yeah. women have reached back to me and said, yeah. hey, he's good. And this yeah. is good. This is yeah. good news. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that different people want different things. But those women, for me, also taught me how to roast a chicken, you know, yes. and taught me and how, to, like, awesome. and how to, like, start a garden. Right. You know, these yes. things that, like, not because that was what made, you know, that was what purchased eternity for me, but right. because it was something I was interested in and something that they yes. were good at. And so it was just going, yes. like, hey, I'll teach you that. No problem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so for you, that might be roasting a chicken mm-hmm. um, or teaching how to plant a garden. And for someone else, it may be like, hey, can you teach me how to balance a checkbook? Right. Checkbook. Yeah. Who even has that anymore? Can you teach me how to make a budget and have finances? How to that file just my you. taxes. I was an older woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how to file my taxes. Yes. Right. So there are different things. Can you teach me how to surf? Can you teach yeah. me whatever it is, right? I love it. I think this, all of life is integrated into this and we don't need to pigeonhole how God uses the older women to teach yes. the younger women. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amen. You have so much to offer. If you are in the sound of my voice, you have so much to <laughs> yeah. offer. And, and don't yeah. wait until you're older. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's I mean, this is convicting to yeah. me because we've all like, I mean... We've all been in crazy season, right? Because it's just been the state of the world. And then even like, you know, on a different level, I've personally been like kind of coming out of like a really crazy season, but like it's time, like Mm -hmm. it's time to start gathering people. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. I had, we all have something to offer and we need each other, y'all, like so badly. And the reason, the reason that, you know, you pointed out, Jess, that this is, talking specifically to married women and women with children. But there's also like, this is a letter we go back to. This is a real letter written in real space and time. There were reasons that everyone was married. And there were reasons, Mm -hmm. like there's a culture that existed that was very different than our culture. And so here's my encouragement to you is just to not... Don't look for excuses to disengage yeah. with scripture. Yeah. Like don't look and, and with the say church. like and with yes. the church like well this is irrelevant like clearly yeah. this is written for a different time. Okay, but it was written in a real time. Yeah. Right. And here we are much later but it is eternal truth. That's right. And it is actually a huge grace that yeah. God used real people and real yeah. churches who had real flaws and mm-hmm. things that needed correcting and instruction because we we can see how he did that then and how mm-hmm. he does that now yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is actually a gift that makes scripture richer, not mm-hmm. a permission slip to say, well, this doesn't apply to me. No. Like right. scripture was written into a messy situation and yes. it is received today into Thank a messy you, situation. Yeah. Right. And crazy to think about like he had to say to the women, teach each other. Like, it's exactly what we need to hear now, right? He just contextualized it and was talking to the women who he was dealing with, but it's the same message now. Women, like, take care of each other. Mm -hmm. Women, encourage each other. Women, take the other You are not competitors. You are co- Right. Yeah. Yes. Co-laborers, right? Co-heirs. This is who we are. So he had to say it back then, and we need to hear it now. Amen. Uh, Yeah. Pull women along with you. And, you know, not like in a get up to where I'm at sort of way, but in a, hey, I promise you he's faithful sort of a way. Yeah, that's right. Amanda's just over here taking notes. I'm just over here taking notes. I just <laughs> wrote, wrote down competitors with a slash through it. We're co-heirs, co-laborers. That's right. Yeah, not yeah, competitors. Yeah. That's um, right. That's right. Okay. We're going to move on. I can see the fire in your eyes when you talk about Titus, and I, I like it. it. Thank you. And I am bookmarking yeah. that for the future when we study Titus, because we're going to have to come back to that. And we have zero minutes. No, we have time. We have time. Oh, we're good. <laughs> we have yeah. zero we're good. minutes left. So here we are. We are going to yeah. move on to Philemon. Now, mm. the Shearer's Truth community, we yeah. mm-hmm. recently read through... Philemon with alongside the book of Colossians, which was a little bit mind blowing for me, if I'm going to be honest, because those two paired so well and interestingly together. And were delivered together, we think. Yes, Yes. that's right. Right. So Philemon is a person. He was a a host of a house church, which all the churches were house churches, um, <laughs> in Colossae. So in his home, he hosted the church at Colossae that the letter to the Colossians was written to. In this letter, Philemon was written to Philemon. It's one of Paul's prison letters. So Paul's writing this from prison. Would you say it was one of his prison epistles? 
I would say it is a prison epistle. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Let me correct myself. This is one of Paul's prison epistles. It's his shortest letter. The shortest letter. Yeah. It's just a tiny little thing, but man. It's a tweet. It's almost it's like a tweet. Honestly. It's a yeah. Facebook tweet post. Thread. It's a, like a one of ten. Unroll. Tweet. Here, we're going to un- unroll. Two of ten. Okay. Done. Here we go. So Philemon hosted a house church. So he's a believer, right? And we know that it was delivered. This letter was delivered the same time as the letter to the Colossians. And what's so interesting is that Paul is writing this like genuine letter of encouragement to Philemon, right? Like he's genuinely saying like, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. I mean, I don't know. I'm paraphrasing. Here's the thing. I've met your runaway slave, Onesimus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually have met him, mm-hmm. and he has come to Christ. He is now part of this family of believers, and so I'm sending him back to you, mm-hmm. and I am expecting you to treat him like the brother that he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Philemon is like such a mic drop all over the place because mm-hmm. Paul is just like, I totally expect that you're going to do this. Yeah. So let's read. I would love for you to read for us again, if you don't mind, Jess. Yeah. Um, there's no chapter because it's all just one chapter. So yeah. Philemon, just to give us a little bit of context, verses, let's do four through 10. Okay. Four through 10. I'm going to put my finger so I know where to stop. <laughs> it's kind of a going. weird stopping place, but it's really easy to just keep going and read this whole thing, mm-hmm. which yeah. I encourage you to do. Mm-hmm. Of course We're going to just do a portion. <laughs> So Philemon 4 through 10, I always thank my God when I mention you in my prayers because I hear of your love for all the saints and the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective through knowing every good thing that is in us for the glory of Christ. For I have great joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. For this reason, although I have great boldness in Christ to command you to do what is right, (laughs) I appeal to you instead on the basis of love. I, Paul, as an elderly man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my son Onesimus. I became his father while I was in chains. And then he just keeps going and says, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's so many phrases in this. And there's a, we have a great conversation with Christy Anubile that we had on our podcast for the second. We'll link to it. It was episode 77 back in May. But yeah, so if you want to like super unpack Philemon, we did that with Christy back in May. And it's a great episode to listen to. We'll link to it. Yeah. But he, you know, there are phrases in this Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. just really underscore that community and like familial thing that Mm -hmm. we were just talking about with Titus, Mm -hmm. right? That like, this is the reality of our Christian life is that we have a family, a Christian family. And so it says like, you know, I'm sending him back to you. So this is Paul, like I'm sending Onesimus back to you, Philemon. I am sending Mm -hmm. my very own heart. Mm. And he wants him to receive him as no longer as a slave, but more Mm -hmm. than a slave, as a Mm -hmm. dearly loved brother. That's in verse 16. Mm. And Mm -hmm. the real kicker here is that who delivered this letter to Philemon? Onesimus himself. Yeah. Like the first time I see you, Onesimus, who ran away, and I never thought I'd see you again. Oh, you're back, and you have a letter from Paul. Got a letter from my... And so Onesimus is just like nervously standing there like... (laughs) Did you read that one part yet? Yeah. (laughs) Did you get that picture in your head? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Like having to go back. These are real people. Yes. This isn't just some like far out there story. These are real people. And I like to call him messy. Oh, messy. Oh, messy. (laughs) Oh, messy is standing there trembling, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, with this letter. Like what's going to happen? How will he react? Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And, And Paul just, man... Obviously, the guy has a way with words, but just <laughs> this, I appeal to you on the basis of love. Yeah, oh, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. And it seems that as we get through these final New Testament letters, not that this theme hasn't been present through all of Scripture, but this appeal toward love just becomes yes. more and more of a mm-hmm. theme where even here in Philemon, Paul is saying, uh, you kind of owe me because I got you where you are, and yeah. I could strong arm you. I could, you know, just yeah. tell you to do what I'm get, what I want you to do. Honestly, I really like Onesimus. I'd like to keep him here with me. But yeah. the thing that I want to do, and it says it later in the book of Philemon or in the letter to Philemon, he says, "No, but I want the good decision that you make to mm-hmm. not be out of compulsion, but instead on the basis of love." Yeah. 
And what's crazy is we don't know what happened. Like right. it's not recorded. I mean, because it's in the canon, we can maybe right. maybe assume that he responded the way Paul expected him to, but it's right. we don't know. Well, the it's kind of like the book of Jonah, right? You leave yeah. it there uh, where Jonah's just sitting there mad at God. And then the book just kind of cuts off. Mm-hmm. Um, what we what can happened trust, to old Jonah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out someday, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. what we can trust and what we can know for a fact is that God has his way with his people. And the Holy Spirit is strong enough to work. We don't have to be. I think this is a really good example of how to interact with people. We don't have to be coercive. We can appeal to love, right? We are loved to love. This is Again, we're going to yep. that fractal pattern. Yes. We're loved to love. We're loved to love. And we've been loved so extravagantly. So now it's like, hey, just love. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Just, just love. Pull people along with you. Love them. They're going to run away. They're going to do things they shouldn't. Yeah. But just love. Now, let me just make this brief caveat, though. When I say love to love, I don't mean put yourself in an abusive situation yeah. and stay there. Because you're like, I'm just love to love. Mm -hmm. God hates abuse of any Mm -hmm. type. And he loves you. So if you're in an abusive situation, don't use that or don't rely on that as a reason just to stay in an abusive Mm -hmm. situation. So when I say love to love, I'm not like, hey, if someone's abusing you physically every night, you're cool. Just stay there and love to love. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -mm. That's actually not loving at all. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to you, though, is in normal situations and normal human interactions that aren't this extreme thing, love covers a multitude of sins. And so we are called to overlook others' offenses the way that our offenses have been washed away. That's right. Um, We're called to this deeper, holier, hard life of loving others when they are unlovable because we were loved when we were unlovable, because we were loved when we were an enemy, because of how Christ has loved us. And that is a hard work. And a lot of times I'd rather just do good works instead of actually getting into (laughs) someone's life and love them. Because loving someone is, you can't be lazy and love. They yeah. just don't go together. So, huh. um, That's a good word. Yeah. Woo. And I think that he's calling Philemon to a deeper work. It's not just, hey, I want you to bring him back in. But he's like, no, no, no. I want you to love this man, which yeah, is a yeah. much deeper work than just, you know, forgiving him his debts yeah. in a sense. Oh, so much more like, than oh, like, hey, will you set him free? And just yeah. like let him go on his way. No, no, bring yeah. him in. Him, yeah, as even your, let him come back to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, bring yeah, him yeah. in as your brother and live yep. with him as. Ooh, that's tough. In unity. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's rich though, but it's that fractal. It's like beautiful. this is it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. All right, guys, Hebrews. Our color coding in our study book has just changed for the last 13 days. It has been a deep ocean teal. Oh, and ocean as we t- teal. I don't know. Listen, deep sea depth. Um, <laughs> And now, as we turn the page, the color is now purple because we have color-coded this book according to genre. And now we are in the general epistles. The general epistles. And Hebrews, man, there's no way to give Hebrews its due in (laughs) three minutes. (laughs) There's not. But this is a letter. We don't know who wrote it. Everyone has opinions. I actually, I have zero opinion. Oh, well, some people have opinions. I wish I, no, I feel kind of left out. Um, It's okay. (laughs) Can I hear your opinions? I mean, I think the Apostle Paul wrote it. Okay. That's my opinion. Oh, but, you know, yes. I could be wrong. Yeah. It Who doesn't do you think, happen Amanda? very often. Apollos. You think, think Apollos. Apollos. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, okay. I don't know. I just changed okay, my other, mind. Other, oh, <laughs> wow, I'm so persuasive. <laughs> wow. Wow. Other, All you uh, have to do is say his word, and I'm like, okay, cool. I, I'm in. <laughs> People tell me I'm gullible and I have no reason not to believe them. (laughs) But I mean, literally, there's such a long list of people that like, like nobody knows. And everyone Mm -hmm. has like, there's a long, long list of guesses. So we can Mm -hmm. move on from that to say what we do know is that this letter is all about the majesty and supremacy of Jesus over all things. That's right. And man, it is so, so rich. Listen to this. The key verse is actually two verses and it is packed and I'm going to read it for Mm -hmm. us. 
This is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Before you start, this chapter 12 is coming right after chapter 11. That's right. Which is the hall of faith. It's the this hall like, of faith. It's the like all yes. these people and literally bonus points, you guys, if on day 25 you have time, read chapter 11 as well, leading up to this that Amanda's about to Extra read. Extra credit, you said? Extra credit. Um, because <laughs> here's the big pay. Like chapter 11 is a huge payoff for those of us who have been doing this study since Genesis, we're going to hear, yeah. we're going to see these yeah. names that we recognize and that yeah. we've been excited about for the last several weeks. And so that, consider that the context for what Amanda's about to read. It's what the therefore is there for. Hey! <laughs> I could be a youth oh, pastor now. It. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you could. <laughs> I could. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Mm. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That will also preach. Wow. Yeah. So good. So good. It's so good. Um, It is not a book to be glossed over. So you guys just dig in. We have a study book on Hebrews. Yeah. If you're interested in that. But it is so important. It's such an important inclusion in the New Testament. And the beautiful thing that Amanda just read at the end of that little passage, that he sat down at the right hand Mm. of the throne of God. In Mm. Hebrews, we see this theme as Jesus as the great ultimate high priest. There were Uh many high priests that came before him in the line of Levi, but they were standing because Mm -hmm. there was always work to be done. Yeah. Yes. And so this sat down is Mm. so significant because Mm -hmm. the work had been done once and for all. The blood had been shed and there was no more blood that needed to be shed. And not only that, the Jesus that I prayed to this morning and talked to this morning is seated in heaven Mm -hmm. at the right hand of God. And he can see it all. Like he can see all of heaven right now. And I have access to him because of his blood. Right. So good. And just thinking about Jesus' words on the cross that it is finished. That's right. Right. So it's not this like, now you go get to work or now you go whatever. It's like, no, 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 it's done. I'm going to sit down and not just that, not have I only provided this beautiful sacrifice for you, but, and the book of Hebrews is so rich, but thinking about Jesus as our high priest, and it talks about the Bible, uh, I think it's in Hebrews for how he sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. Um, And so not only do we have a high priest who's done all the work, but this high priest also doesn't look at us and is like, ah, get your act together. Right. (laughs) I mean, well, I did it. Why can't you? No, this is a God. This is our Savior who sympathizes, feels our pains with us, in our weaknesses. He sympathizes in our weaknesses. So not just the places where we're like doing great and nailing it. And he's like, oh, you're doing so great. I'm so proud of you. You're trying so hard. But in the areas (laughs) we fail, in the areas that we're weak, his heart is for us and towards us. Charles Spurgeon, we'll just always talk about him, talks about this verse being like, if you put two grand pianos in one room, if you hit a note on one grand piano, the other grand piano, that same string will vibrate. That's Jesus. Is that true? That's well, that's what cool. Carl Spurgeon says. And he, you know, somebody knows test right? that and get back to us. <laughs> somebody with two but, grand pianos. Well, maybe he's go. not saying In that that field. is like a scientific truth, but he's saying it's as if. As if, mm. whatever, either way, let's go with it is true. I want to hear what, okay, yeah, keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Okay, so, so he says that's how it is when something touches us, when something hurts us. Jesus feels it as well. So just yeah. like some a string is hit on one grand piano, that other one feels it with them. So he sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. And so oh, that's Jesus beautiful. is better. Yes. It is beautiful. So, so Hebrews that. is this, Jesus is better than it all. Jesus is yeah. better than everything over and over again, like the supremacy of Christ. That's what Hebrews is about. So when we think about who he is and what he's done, he hasn't just sat down at the right hand of God. He's there now interceding for right. us as well, yeah. feeling our hurts with us, loving us. His heart is towards 
us. So yes, it's amazing to think about him sitting down and just being like, it's done. Mm -hmm. There's nothing for you to worry about. I've done it all. But not only that, his heart is towards us and feels pain with us, sympathizes with us. And he's not dead Jesus in heaven. It's alive Jesus in heaven. Resurrected Jesus. Not like he was died and buried and he went to heaven. No, 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 no. He's alive and he's actively interceding for us in the heavenly places. Yeah. Well, we land this week. And oh, you wanted to say oh, land you didn't the plane. Say it. It's because I make fun of her when she says <laughs> land the plane. Oh, I, no, I was. Really you really just were going to say land. land this week? Yeah, we land this week's plane. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the small but mighty book of James. Yeah. Which yeah. James we think mm-hmm. was written by Jesus' brother James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so mm-hmm. interesting because. James was a leader of the church in Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. but he, we know, didn't believe that Jesus was the Christ at first, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. now here we have believer James, leader of the church in Jerusalem, writing Mm -hmm. a letter about and it has so many like nods to Jesus teaching mm-hmm. um, nods to the Old Testament kind of Proverbs-esque in the way that it's mm-hmm. written and a lot of like seek wisdom from God themes like seeking wisdom from God persevering in trial being faithful in suffering having a living faith I mean there's so much in this mm-hmm. this little book. And the first book of the New Testament that was written. Yeah. James was written kind of between AD 48 and 52. And then after that, we talked about a couple weeks ago, First and Second Thessalonians came next. So the Gospels, um, the first Gospel, which was Mark, wasn't written until AD 55. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another timeline moment with Rachel. <laughs> you need to have a little like ding, ding, uh-huh. ding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, literally, I would love that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. One last time, Jess, will you read for us? I just like hearing you read. We always love to hear our guests read mm-hmm. scripture. Yeah, um, in chapter one, let's uh-huh. start at verse one and read through our key verse just to four. Okay. James one, one through four. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's right. It's interesting to think that this is James 1.1, so this is the very first words. We just read the very last words from Paul, right? Mm -hmm. Um, These are the very first words, not just from James, but of the New Testament. Like this is like as the early church is just beginning, James's first words to the church are considered a great joy. Mm. My brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, mm-hmm. you know like it's going to come and like it's just beautiful that the first address to the capital C church. I assume this letter was distributed widely because it's sort of generally to the early church, but um to think that those first words are like kind of echoing what Jesus said, you know, you will mm-hmm. face trials. And mm-hmm. I want to encourage you to consider it joy because the work that's ahead of you is a hard work, but it's a worth it work. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. That's really thinking about that considerate joy going back to Titus. Like this is what the older women are going to be saying to the younger women, right? Consider it joy. It's going to have its effect in your life. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is going to work in you so that you're going to be mature and complete, lacking Mm. nothing. This is our message, right? This is what we say to each other to encourage each other on this road because, friends, it is tough. Yeah, and you know, this last year, geez, for 2020, parts of 2021, Mm -hmm. it has been tough, and not just globally for Mm -hmm. me, right? Globally, it has been tough, but personally, some of the hardest years of my life. Mm. And so thinking about this, holding fast to this, and then on the days that I don't hold fast to this, and I don't consider it a joy, knowing that He's holding fast to me, Mm -hmm. and that He will never let go of me. And that is what makes it a joy 
right? So on those days where I'm like, there is no joy in this. Mm-hmm. There is no joy in suffering. And, and not even like, I know we're not talking about like a happiness or like, oh, it's no big deal. But even that deep sense of I know God's got me, there are days I doubt that yeah. if I can be real That's honest right. yeah. with you. But knowing even on those days, it's still this posture of he's still got me. Yeah, that's He's right. still pursuing me. He won't let me go. And because of that, then I can look back and say, okay, your hand of protection, thinking of that, of how the Bible describes God as a bird who covers us with his wings. Mm. I'm safe in the shelter mm-hmm. of his wings. Knowing that is what brings me joy. Oh, knowing that is what makes me be able to look at what I'm going through right now and thinking this is all... This isn't just for nothing. That's right. There is a reason behind all of my suffering. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's I appreciate that framework, that framing so much, Jess. I we talked um, back in May when we were studying Colossians with Angie Smith, and she was kind of going like, I realized, you know, in my adulthood that scripture wasn't telling me to celebrate the hardship, not to yeah. celebrate the brokenness in my world or the brokenness in people I love, but to celebrate that we have this hope. That yes. that the brokenness will be made right, made new. Yes, and there's. I think that you're exactly right when you're just going like, no, no, no. The thing to celebrate isn't even like looking at okay, what? How does scripture interpret scripture? How did we see Jesus interact with brokenness? Mm-hmm. He wasn't high fiving brokenness and considering no. that joy, right? No, he was lamenting brokenness, yes. and he was showing us actually that that's how we interact with brokenness. Yes. But he had joy. I mean, we we see that they sang a song between the Last Supper and Gethsemane. He and the disciples sang as they went mm-hmm. in worship to the Lord. And so his joy, even in the most broken moment of humanity, he had joy because of something completely outside of the brokenness. Yeah, it's good. It's a good word. Friends, just open your study books, your Bibles this week, yeah, yeah. and read along with us. Um, you have so much to look forward to in your readings this week. We hope that that this has just been a little taste of what's to come for you this week as you read along. So next week is our last This is the New Testament I week. I can't believe it. David Filson's going to be back with us. We enjoyed talking with him so much in the Old Testament that we were like, would you just come back and <laughs> just cap the whole series off with us? Talk to us about how it all flows together. Yep. And I think his response was... Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's when we're going to actually land the plane. Yes. The we're going to land the plane. plane. The that's landing right. gear is down. Yeah, that's the right. The landing gear is down. Like we're to call it parking there. the donkey, Buckle but up. whatever. <laughs> Buckle up. Um, Jess, it is such a joy to have you on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having Please me. Please oh, come goodness. back. Yeah. Yeah. And friends, if you are enjoying the podcast, would you take a moment to rate and review it for us? It just helps other people find us. And yep. so if you enjoy it, that's a way that you can kind of spread the love of the Sheer Truth podcast. And that would mean a lot to us. Yeah, that's right. And friends, I think we have to skip beauty, goodness, and truth because to me, that middle section, Jess, where you talked to us about fractals and just like, that's our beauty, goodness, and truth for this week. I want y'all to just look out into your worlds as you walk around this week and find those fractals. That is the beauty, goodness, and truth that's going to point you to Jesus this week. And join us next week with David Filson capping off this series. And then after that, guys, we're going to open the book of Deuteronomy and truly spend more than one day in Deuteronomy as we did in this series. So we're looking forward to that. So come back next week. And Jess, until next week, what do we tell our friends? You want me to sing it? Yes. Just joking. Uh, Keep opening your Bibles! (laughs) My favorite! (laughs) 